0: Hello, and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and you know that my passion is to help dads become heroes, which means that it's my joy every week to bring you relevant topics that support that goal, especially when it comes to the dad-daughter relationship. And before we begin, you know the template, but let me review it. I want you to picture yourselves, dads, standing side by side, ready to run your fathering race this week. Which means that I, as your coach, am standing over here saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic. Get set is filling that topic in with stats with stories so that you're ready to run and you know where you're running toward because you've got that in mind this week. And then go is always the action step, which is a practical way for you as a dad to put your love for your daughter and your son into action this week. Well, today on the show, I have a guest who I know you're going to love. His name is Alan Smith, and he and I originally connected... I'm thinking it's probably about five years ago when I had someone forward me a photo of this amazing t-shirt. On the back of it, it says, 10 rules for dating my daughter. Now, you may have seen it. It's awesome. And a couple of my favorite rules, just to give you a flavor of it, is number one, she's my princess, not your conquest. Okay, dads, do I hear an amen? Many of you are probably like, I want that on my shirt. Another one I love is it says, whatever you do to her, I will do to you. Okay, rock on. This shirt is amazing. And Alan ended up sending me a few of them to give out to some of my dads in the ABBA Project. And let me tell you a little bit more about him before we start this conversation. Alan is married. He lives in Los Angeles. He's a father to two kids, a 29-year-old daughter, and a son who just got married. So now he has two daughters, technically. He was a Young Life Director in LA for 25 years, and he's now the Senior VP of Saving Innocence, which is an organization that rescues girls from sex trafficking. He's co-author of a book called Prize Possession, which is amazing, along with Christy Fox, and together they lead father-daughter seminars around the country. And you can read more about Alan. You can even subscribe to his blogs on myfatherdaughter.com. So with that foundation in place, Alan, I'm so happy to have you here with me today and welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Michelle. It's so great to be with you. It's an honor. I appreciate it.
0: Well, we we have a lot to cover today. So let's start with On Your Mark. So the title of this conversation is Your Prized Possession. So I'm I'm kind of taking from your book there. So we're just calling this today Your Prized Possession, Tips from a Seasoned Dad on Nurturing Your Daughter. (laughs) So let's just start, Alan. I got to go back to the T-shirt. Can you tell us just the backstory of how that thing came to be?
1: Well, yeah, it was actually this surreal experience that I had no idea that there was a T-shirt anywhere in my future. <laughs> and uh, as one of these blogs that you mentioned that we write, um, I did kind of a tongue-in-cheek funny one about the rules for dating my daughter, and I published this little list. Some of them I'd seen before, a couple of them I made up on my own, and a few friends chipped in. And and then and started getting comments, oh, my goodness, is that a T-shirt? Where do I get that T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't thinking about a T-shirt, and so I had my T-shirt guy, make up a dozen T-shirts with those rules on the back, and I just sent them for free, just to friends of mine, dads who had daughters thought they'd think it was funny. Well, then they started wearing the T-shirts out and about at men's conferences and other places, and now their friends want to know, how do I get that T-shirt? And so I set up a little online store on our website, just to service the friends of my friends, and I bought another couple dozen shirts just for that. If they want to send me $20, bucks, i will send them a T-shirt. And uh, somebody, to this day I don't know who, (laughs) posted the picture Uh, on Father's Day, four years ago, of the back of his shirt. And I learned what the term going viral meant. I mean, what happened in the next 12, 24, 36, 72 hours and beyond uh, was absolutely surreal. I mean, it was literally millions upon millions of views and shares. I started getting inundated with (laughs) orders from literally around the world for this T-shirt that we didn't have. I I had a dozen T-shirts. We didn't have the labels. I didn't know about postage. Wow. I had no idea what, what what we're supposed to do here. It was it was kind of stressful and freaking out at the same time. Hilarious because I felt like God used this silly little T-shirt, yeah. tongue-in-cheek sort of thing, and brought hundreds of thousands of people to the blog where they're learning about you know how to be a great dad, and and uh, it was just a, a funny, surreal. I wish I was smart enough to plan something like that out, but it just <laughs> sort of happened.
0: Oh, that's um, awesome.
1: It Yeah. Oh, I
0: love it. I love it. Obviously, it resonates, right? The theme of what you were writing about is resonating with dads. Well, let me just ask you another backstory question. Which the book you wrote, "Prized Possession," that I just mentioned, is about your journey as a dad with a daughter. So, I'd even be curious to hear where that that title came from and a little bit about that book.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, uh, Years ago, as you mentioned, my daughter's twenty nine. So, when she was about three or so, three or four years old. I was meeting with a friend of mine who was uh, slightly older. His daughter was maybe like in high school, so he was kind of a little ahead of me. And he was telling me a story of uh, her, his daughter's um, boyfriend, who he didn't particularly uh, like too much. And, and you know, he, he sort of sensed that she was, he was not treating her great and not really talking about her with the kind of respect that he would want someone to talk about his daughter to, et cetera, et cetera. And he was telling me the story, and he stopped the young man in his tracks. He said, wait a minute. I need you to understand my daughter is my prized possession. I need you to treat her with more respect than I'm hearing you treat her with, et cetera, et cetera. And that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. As my a little three-year-old daughter of mine at home, and yeah. we started talking about this idea of prized possession. And, and uh, I think the New Living Translation, I'm not sure which one, but James 118 says that out of all creation, we became his prized possession. And sort of this idea of the most valuable um, thing in your life, the most important Uh, relationship or um, whatever's going on in your life, your prized possession at the top of that list. I said, yes, that's what I think. That's that's Mm -hmm. who my daughter is to me as well. My prized possession There's nothing else in my life I care about more or value more than my relationship with my daughter. And so I I went home and um, sort of taught her at three years old this little little call and response. I would say, what are you? (laughs) And she'd say, your prized possession.
0: Oh, my goodness, at three years old. Yeah,
1: and then I'd say, and? And she'd say, don't you forget it. <laughs> and so we sort of did that really throughout her entire adolescence. And, and I mean, to this day, if, if I was with her, if I said, what are you? She'd say, your prize possession. She'll actually sign a Father's Day card oftentimes, oh. even to this day, your prize possession. And
0: Okay, I'm getting and, teary just hearing this story. <clears throat> this is awesome. And, and I love that even here at the beginning, Alan, you're already giving a go step. There may be dads listening that go, I'm going to adopt that, you know, and I, I just love yeah. that you're modeling that kind of authentic, intentional fathering that you're doing to your daughter, even all the way back to when she was three.
1: So, Well, I, I knew Michelle at, at that time because, um, as you mentioned, I work with Young Life and so I was around adolescent boys and girls, you know, as a career, and um, I knew for sure that my daughter would be have maximum opportunity for success in life if she was very, very clear that her daddy loved her and uh, valued her and cherished her unconditionally. And so from a very early young age, as I said, I wanted her to know that there wasn't anything more important in my life than her. And I knew if she knew that, she would have a much better uh, chance at navigating all the stresses and pressures and peer pressures and things that were going to be coming her way that she didn't even know about. And so in the middle of those storms that were sure to come, she could rest in the fact that her daddy was proud of her and loved her and talked about it all the time. And so that was kind of part of my strategy and my, my focus.
0: And now that she's 29, are yeah. you seeing the dividends of that deposit?
1: Oh, well, yeah, you know, and and uh, yeah, I certainly, we have a great relationship.
0: And, um,
1: you know, we we talk and chat all the time and I'll, I'll go down for no reason, have lunch with her downtown LA. And so there's a relationship intact for yeah. sure. Uh, she's a, I want to say a great kid, but she's 29. She's a great young adult Mm -hmm. um, out doing a great job in life. And it's not a formula. Just because I did something doesn't mean there's going to be a certain reaction. Um, But I wanted to make sure I did my part. And I knew that she was going to have to live her life and make her choices on her own, but she'd have a much better chance at going down the right path if she was clear and sure about who I was in her life.
0: Amen, brother. Preach it, preach it. Well, you and I have known each other for a few years. I've read your book. And and as I think about that book, is there anything, Alan, that you could just share about what you learned in the process of interviewing dads about how to raise great daughters?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was... things that really jumped out, you know, with uh, first of all, I didn't really start writing a book. It was more like taking notes and organizing thoughts. And it just turned into a book because, <laughs> um, you know, the stuff that was coming out was really powerful that I was, I was hearing. And so I thought, Well, let's just put it in a, in a way that people can consume it if they choose to. And um, one of those things was, as I talked to a bunch of great dads, who in my, my estimation were great dads. They did a great job. And these aren't dads or younger dads doing a great job. They are dads that did a great job. And the way that I determined that was I'm looking at their post-teenage daughters, these young 20-somethings or mid or older 20-somethings who are out doing great, mm-hmm. the kind of daughters you would want your daughter to turn into at some point, point in faith and marriage and family and life and all those kinds of things. So I went back to those dads of those daughters and said, what did you do? What were you trying to do? What was important? What was your strategy? And they gave me three things that bubbled up more than any others. Mm -hmm. Um, The the first um, parenting strategy is that uh, they, they told me resoundingly that I resolved to really love my wife well, her mom, and that if she saw me loving, respecting, romancing, being present in the relationship with my wife, her mom, that that was going to be a big deal to her. And, and since then, we've broadened it through the seminars that we've done, and, and I've come to a broader understanding that it's, it's not just uh, his wife, it's the women in his life. And, you know, mom or wife might not be present anymore mm-hmm. for various reasons, and so how does he think about, treat, and talk about women in general? Um, it just so happened that the guys that I talked to were currently married, and so that was their answer, but it's bigger than that. And, and so when, when daughter, when young daughter... Just you don't have to say the words when she just sees it and observes dad loving, respecting uh, mom and she's there in most cases, you know, they were. Um, but just women in general. That, that had a huge impact on, on these girls and that was their strategy.
0: That's powerful. Like you say, these, these daughters are listening all the time. So even when they're not there, I love that you highlighted that. These daughters need to hear dad respecting women and their mom. Her mom. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, as I talk to dads, you know, just in conversations or on the blog or in seminars or whatever, you I know, mean, I want to remind them that you are the first and maybe only trusted, consistent male voice in her life. Certainly when she's young, that's absolutely true. And so she's going to be looking to you for clues about how she should be treated, how she should be loved, what she should and can expect in a future boyfriend or husband, etc., Mm-hmm. and she's going to be looking to you for that example, that role model. You don't have to talk about it very much, a little bit maybe, but you don't have to. It's what you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're the biggest classroom that she's ever going to be in concerning that.
0: Which segues and, to your second thing that you said yeah. you learned in your search for how to be a great dad.
1: Well, the second thing was to uh, that these dads, as their strategy, their parenting strategy, was for them to live out their own faith in a consistent way and model that for their family. hmm And so as they, uh, you know, it it, it didn't, there's not a particular technique or strategy. It's it's more just this was important and present in their life and in their family. And and whether that's making church a priority or the dinner conversation or however it may roll out, that dads as a Mm -hmm. parenting strategy um, were making sure that their personal faith was intact and then living it out as best as they can. Mm -hmm. And certainly everybody and probably your listeners are all over the spectrum on that, and so I'd say pick up with wherever you are yeah. and take the next step and keep living that out because your daughters and your sons uh, are watching you to see um, what's true and authentic in your life. And that's going to give them something bigger to anchor onto mm-hmm. and uh, give them a, 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 a firm foundation to make decisions on uh, the rest of the life. And I found it interesting, Michelle, that of the top three, we've done two of the top three, two of them aren't exactly parenting strategies per se. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think of them as parenting strategies. It's more personal. We're looking in the mirror and we're doing Mm -hmm. the things we can do to become the best parent, Um, but it isn't the direct interaction with with the kids that came out. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing your own work and then living it out. So what's number three?
1: Well, number three was a fun one and that really was kind of a hands-on and and that was uh, the the third strategy that dads were taking their daughters on trips. And it was interesting. There's another chapter in the book and it's just entitled Do This. (laughs) And it's all these great daughter saying, what does your dad do? And this bubbled up. You know, my dad took me on adventures was the word that they used. And so I would hope that a dad would, you know, take, invite his daughter out on a little lunch date once in a while and go to the movie and just kind of those little father-daughter dates, which are amazing, and the father-daughter dance that the school puts on. Like do all those things. But this particular strategy, um, I think, is magical in a sense when you can take your daughter away overnight, maybe two nights somewhere, just you and her the, the phone is turned off. You don't have your computer, and you've, you've spent the year maybe planning. What, what do you want to do for this year's father-daughter getaway, we would call it, my daughter and I. I remember I, the day I kind of burst into my daughter's room, and these things were coming together for me in my mind, and now she's about five. And I said, Brittany, that's her name. I said, Brittany, we're going to start a father-daughter getaway. She said, what's that? I said, well, I'm the father. You're the daughter. We're going to get away, <laughs> and we're going to go somewhere fun. Where do you want to go? And at that time, we learned we lived in Northern California, so, of course, Disneyland. Exactly. So we got in our car. We had the Lion King and, and uh, the soundtrack going, and we drove to L.A., and her and I did Disneyland for two or three days. And uh-huh. um, every year since then, we've done amazing trips and sort of as age-appropriate and interests uh, grew. But it, it was really incredible to have that one-on-one time with my daughter uh, laughing and talking, and it, mm-hmm. there may be kind of moments of content, but the content was just us being away. Yeah. And yeah. it set us up in a place where, um, you know, we could have those really important conversations later on, which we were able to do now and then when certain important things would come up, there was a relationship that formed, uh, formed in those days, mm-hmm. in those early years.
0: Fantastic. Well, let's let's go a little bit more in depth on, on some of the stories you share in your book, Alan, because even this one of them I, I wanted you to talk about today, which is one that I even share with ABBA Project Dads because it's mm-hmm. so powerful. So I remember that you, you told the story of an interaction that you had at a Young Life camp. Yeah. Can you tell that story?
1: Yeah. So back in those early years, my daughter's maybe four or five at this time, kind of all this stuff is happening at the same time. It's kind of rocking my world, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, there was, I was there with my my group, my my group from my club and a bunch of guys, a bunch of girls. And I knew these girls pretty well because they were in our weekly Young Life Club. And there was a little sort of um, uh, kind of roundtable chat at one point with the people that were around you. And it just so happened a bunch of the girls from my Young Life Club um, were in the circle that I was in. And there was a couple of questions that were given. And one was, um, you know, what's the hardest thing about your family? And every single one of these girls answered uh, my relationship with my dad. And that that caught my attention.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure. There was another question right after at the end of it, that what's the thing you would most want to change in your life? And every single one of these girls, these 17, 18-year-old girls said my relationship with my dad. Mm. And it It really broke my heart, honestly, that every single girl, I I hadn't really considered that. I never really thought about that before, Mm -hmm. never had those kinds of conversations before. But every single one of these girls was, you know, at 17, 18 years old, heartbroken because of the lack of the relationship with their dad. And and I thought, boy, the last thing I want is then at about 15 years, my daughter's sitting at some summer camp saying that the... The worst, the hardest thing in her life is her poor relationship with her dad.
0: Absolutely.
1: And I really resolved at that time to make sure that that was never going to be the case and that was not going to happen.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm heartbroken right along with you, which I know the story you just shared is a lot what fuels my passion to help dads be more equipped to connect with and reach their daughter's heart, which is why I called today Tips from a Seasoned Dad on Nurturing Your Daughter. And I know that every dad listening is saying, man, Alan has lived out the stuff that he's talking about today. So it's not just theory, it's practice. And that's what my heart is around Mm -hmm. this program, is dads, here's action steps that you can do today to reach your daughter's heart. So that leads then to the next story that I'd love you to tell, because it's powerful as much as the one you just told Is Then what happened on the way home from that camp?
1: Well, I was sort of bothered the rest of the week by this conversation on day one that happened at this camp with all these girls that I knew. And, and so I, I didn't have a chance to sort of talk to them again uh, afterwards about it. And so we were on the bus coming home. And so I kind of gathered them up, you know, on the, in, the, in the bus area there. And I said, okay, girls, this is what you said. Um, I, can you guys help me? Could you guys teach me about this? Like, uh, I, I want to have a great relationship with my daughter in about 15 years. Like, tell me what I need to do.
0: And um,
1: it was pretty. It was pretty amazing. They, they they kind of thought it was kind of cute that I was asking them, and so they were kind of really happy to chime in and give me all kinds of parenting tips. <laughs> but the the thing that grabbed me was they said, "Listen, we pushed our dad away, you know." And they kind of acknowledged their own brattiness and their own adolescence and their own you know part of it. But they said, "We we pushed our dad away, but we wished that we weren't successful." Hmm. They they. They pushed dad away, they gave him the straight arm, and and he basically followed their lead in all these cases, and he kind of disappeared. Like, I guess my daughter doesn't need me or want me, and I guess now that she's this age, it's more of a mom's job, and, you know, all those different things that were going on in dad's mind. And they're saying on the other side of it, no, we, we need our dad. We needed our dad during these years. We wished that even though we pushed him away, we wished that he didn't go. We want him close.
0: Oh even, if even if
1: we even if we didn't say it, we want him close. Wow!
0: Years. Wow! I mean, honestly, Alan, if if Dad's listening today, only took that one thing to walk yeah. away from here, saying, "Even though she pushes me away, I'm not leaving." She's because I think some of the process, and I can speak as a woman, is pushing up against Dad as a way to develop my muscles. Like picture your daughter pushing against your chest. My yeah. muscles, just like lifting weights, are getting stronger in that. And that it's not just to say, go away, it's something is developing in her as she gets to wrestle through topics and boundaries and all that kind of thing with dad. So powerful story. Well, Alan, you talked about being a Young Life leader. So I know that the spiritual development of your club mattered to you. How did you model to these girls with in mind the topic of God as a father to them?
1: Yeah, well, it you know, what I came up against, I was, the, I, was, I was honored to be the camp speaker at our Young Life camp a whole bunch of summers, and where I was the mouthpiece from up front, where there'd be three, four, five hundred kids in the room, and half of those are, are girls, all adolescent girls, and, and not to mention my own work in my own Young Life club back home. And what became really clear was if there was a poor relationship with Dad or a no relationship with Dad... Uh, it it was really difficult for a lot of these young girls to conceive of a heavenly father when they didn't have an earthly father, or their earthly father was negative and harsh and critical and judgmental and all those things. They would project those qualities which they could see and touch in their earthly dad and place them onto their heavenly, the idea of a Mm -hmm. heavenly dad. So it would be sort of like, why would I want to talk about God the Father When I, I don't, I don't, I don't, if he's anything like my father, I don't want anything to do with him. Exactly. So when dad was affirming and um, accepting, you know, and loving and all those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. then they could much easier conceive of a God that was affirming and accepting and loving, uh, and the thought of a relationship now became possible. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would uh, specifically in, in those days just bring my daughter with me. You know, and just, hey, help me pass out popsicles and get in the <laughs> golf cart. We're going to drive we're drive through camp and, and uh, you know, just introduce my daughter all the time. And when she was younger, she was on my shoulders, you know, <laughs> half the time. And, um, and so for these, for these high school girls, these adolescent girls, to see this weird idea of a dad truly loving and engaged with his daughter and proud of her, that was like a weight came off exactly. their shoulders. And, and now they can actually conceive of a God who Mm -hmm. loves them and pursues them and is proud of them. And now there's a spiritual life that is now possible that in their mind wasn't very possible Mm -hmm. before. Exactly.
0: Oh my goodness, Alan, we could keep talking about this. We only got a couple (laughs) minutes left. Can you just briefly say something about what you're doing now with saving innocence and what you're learning and seeing about fatherless daughters there?
1: Oh yeah. Thank you. Uh, after 25 years with Young Life, it was time to transition, and um, I thought I might go to a, a safe, comfortable, uh, relaxing um, a role somewhere, maybe on a beach <laughs> in Hawaii. But it turns out God had a different plan. And um, long story short, I'm in a. I work with an amazing team of heroes, um, and we're in the process of intervening and rehabilitating child victims of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say child victims, it's 12 years old is the average age of entry, and oh it's my. just absolutely heartbreaking. Most people are thinking it's Cambodia and Thailand and those places, but it's actually here. Mm-hmm. It's in our country. It's in the zip code. Every listener here, it's in your zip code, and it's nearby right now. There are mm-hmm. kids um, that are being um, lured in and captive, captured into um, this, this horrific uh, mm-hmm. victimization and so um, we're in the process of we're on call all the time. We respond at the request of law enforcement to be on the scene and, and uh, kind of intervene in this crisis moment and then help stabilize mm-hmm. and rehabilitate. And one of the things that, that I've learned is that uh, most of these uh, victims of this, chi- this form of child abuse uh, are really coming from fatherless, uh, homes, mm-hmm. of broken homes where dad wasn't present, um, or if he was present, he was abusive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and they're kind of running from whatever their circumstances were, and they now become vulnerable into something that looks better and something that uh, is saying that it's better, even yeah. though it's really not. They don't yeah. know that yet. That's-
0: if you now could take what you're learning, You know, in this active role with with fatherless daughters and all that you've learned from young life, if you had to give dads today one go step, Alan, what would you tell them would be a way to put their love for their daughter into action?
1: I would say engage. You know, go go rewatch the old Tom Cruise movie um, Top Gun. And at the end of the movie, he's distracted and frustrated because uh, you know his, he's looking at Goose's dog tags, his buddy who died. <laughs> All the while, there's an actual battle raging around his daughter, and everybody in that movie screaming at him, "Engage Maverick, engage!" And so I want my dads around that are hearing me to engage with their daughter. You're mm-hmm. distracted you're frustrated, you're busy, you're a, probably a decent, good man who's trying to do his best, but you somehow you've lost sight that your daughter needs you close, needs you sitting next to her, interpreting life for her. Be with her and be uh, an approving, positive voice in her life because she desperately
0: needs it. I love it. So you're saying, dads, right now, set up a date with your daughter. Yes. Make it happen. Engage, initiate, lead. Woo. This well, week. This week. this
1: week. We should all get a date yep. this week. and Absolutely. then At that date, plan an overnight getaway.
0: Amen. I love it. Well, today we've had Alan Smith talking about his relationship with his daughter, Brittany. On your mark today has been your prized possession tips from a seasoned dad on nurturing your daughter. If you have any questions, you can always write me at Michelle at the dad or go to my website at drmichellewatson.com where there are free resources. You can sign up for my dad, daughter, Friday blogs. And if you've enjoyed this conversation, you can go to iTunes and listen again. So this wraps up another week's program. Get out there, dads. Intentionally and consistently invest in your daughters. You can do it. I believe in you.